Wake up, buyer payer people. It's a beautiful day. Go grab yourself another cup of joe and say hello to Jim and Michelle Rhodes on the Buy Here, Pay Here morning show. Take it away, you two. Good morning, everyone. Hey, I hope y'all are having a great, uh, it's it's what, Friday? (laughs) I'm not sure, Michelle. Uh, A, A lot's happened this week. It has been quite a week. It has been. Our uh, our friends in Florida, of course. I'm in Florida myself, and uh, and uh, just fine. Just hold up in a hotel for three nights, and and uh, no issues whatsoever for me. So feel for those people who've been affected. Obviously, oh some goodness. of them got really beat up. And we checked in with most of our dealer friends and industry friends, and everybody seems to be fine. So yeah, I've got a I've got friends in in. Uh, the Carolinas right now that are uh, last night it started moving in. So I went back up to a, a hurricane one. Yeah. Um, so just uh, looking forward to hearing from them to see if uh, everything fares well out there. Um, yeah. Our, our, our hearts and prayers go out to those that were so drastically hit by this thing and, Gosh, Mother Nature is not, she's just not something you mess with at all, at all. So quite an event. There's still uh, obviously video streaming in, but yeah, the aftermath is, uh, is really destruction. So that's too bad. We feel really blessed where we were at, uh, in our place in Clearwater, that was supposed to be right around ground zero. Mm -hmm. So, um, really, really feel incredibly blessed but like i said our our hearts and prayers are going out to all those that uh that are cleaning up trying to you know pull everything back together and also our friends in in the carolinas as well yeah yeah it looks like they're gonna get uh, a round of it as well yeah um so a couple of quick uh, announcements from yesterday we did have a conversation with brent carmichael yesterday and confirmed that he will be available to join us as a co-moderator for one of our sessions at the uh, the town hall, which is also related to this conversation loosely. Um, yeah. That particular session is going to be what I'm calling a capital conversation as opposed to a capital panel, but uh, we're inviting some of the top, um, you know, capital. Who do we providers. have so far, Jim? Who's as capital <laughs> providers? Yeah. Well, we got um, Steve Burke from Agora is going to join us. We've got Tim Lawrence from LHPH Capital. We um, already have verbal uh, commitments from Primaland and Spartan, just trying to firm up exactly who will be there. Sounds like um, we'll have Mark Jensen from Primaland, and uh, we're waiting to decide who is going to be the representative from uh, from Spartan, but we expect to have somebody from there, most likely John McDermott, it sounds like. But Yeah, we're excited to have that panel. That'll be a great conversation around oh, yeah. how all the stuff that's moving around at the top of the capital wall street how that affects uh um, main street buy here pay your dealers if at all so that'll be a an important one to talk about yeah um for those of you who um uh, haven't put it on your calendar yet what we're talking about are um some of the people that will be joining us for the buy here pow- buy here pay here regional town hall in quakertown pennsylvania on the 19th of october mm-hmm. and um it's going to be a virtual event and um and uh, just a f- uh, small handful of dealers actually in the audience. And so we'll be, we'll be pulling them in for some of our discussion time. 
And uh, this is going to be broadcast live through BHPH Nation TV. And um, we've we've really, um, it, yeah, it's 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 really been beautiful how a lot of that has been getting pulled together, and we're really excited about it. Uh, and it's it's actually the uh, the uh, what do you call it? The very first the. Um, I can't think of the word. The word escapes me right now, Jim. The pilot. A pilot. Thank you. You're it's welcome. like a P. It starts with a P. I just know it starts with a P. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So the pilot, um, it will be the pilot and and we will be doing some broadcasting as well when at the Arizona Finance Conference. I'm not sure to what extent, but uh, um, we will be doing some broadcasting from there as well, um, at least from our addresses. At, and that's going to be at the end of... October right. as well. So, and, and we've got a lot of um, really cool. We, the, the, the super forum is coming up in November and we already have a few different people that have, have said that they would like to join us for the morning show uh, leading up days leading up to that. So we're excited about that. And, and I'm still working on the calendar and we'll have a couple of announcements on, on who will be joining us, but I'll just let you guys know that, uh, that Ben Goodman and Bill Elizondo will be joining us. I know you all were wondering, are they going to join us? And yes, I expect to have Mark Burkholder <laughs> on the show at some point. Didn't we get a confirmation from the gentleman at Ignite? Maybe you haven't seen your email. This um, yeah. Yeah. Richard um, from Ignite is going to be joining us on Monday. This coming Monday. This coming Monday. To kind of talk about, um, you know, we've been talking about the safeguards rule and what uh, what certifications need to happen. And he, he's going to dive a little bit deeper into maintaining that and other things that you should be should be watching for. And so um, I got I, I'm on everybody's email list and I got an email from Ignite and was like, oh, this is really helpful stuff yeah. so yeah good stuff so, yeah. yeah kind of dovetails with all the stuff that's happening with the safeguards rule which we also just talked about for those of you who missed wednesday's broadcast with jack carter jack carter talked about that coming off of the policy conference so uh, i would urge you to find that um and, and people got a really a lot of great reaction from that uh that um morning with uh jack carter so yeah. i would definitely invite people to go find that wednesday I yeah, I I wanted to though before we move on to our topic because we've got a really great topic. It's something that Jim had talked about um, earlier in the week. Uh, we do have um, by BHPH Nation TV um, is uh, we do have a few confirmed advertisers for that, mm -hmm. and just wanted to thank our friends at uh, Iteron and LHPH Capital and Pay Near Me, and who am I missing? We got a couple more that aren't quite finalized, but we'll have those. Um... Uh, squared away in the next few days and be able to announce a few more. But yeah, we're grateful yeah. people are stepping forward to advertise for that event. It helps us to reach more dealers and uh, and it's a totally free event for dealers and uh, the advertising just helps us to get it to yeah. people totally free. You're going to start to see some of that go out on social media um, next week and um, we're really excited about it. It's going to be, yeah. it's going to be pretty, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm yeah. looking forward to it. So, so I might um, say that I, I, Kind of through this topic to get with something we need to talk about from time to time. Anyway, uh, we had uh, a dealer out there on Facebook asking about um, um, lines of credit. And I just had a conversation with dealer in Texas yesterday about lines of credit. And so I thought, well, let's just uh, let's just take it to the morning show. And so yeah. um, before we jump into that, I know we've got South Carolina listening 
checking in if, and I see Tommy from PA. If, uh, if you're listening in this morning, we would appreciate you letting us know where you're listening from. That always helps us to get a feel for who's out there. Who's still asleep. <laughs> we just you know, like, it's a game. We just like right. to hear, you know, who's, yeah. who's awake and listening. That's, yeah, yeah, that's right. But <laughs> yeah, I think today was kind of a, about, and I'm not sure with Michelle a while back, like I see a whole track of us being able to do something. One of the things I look forward to doing in the future, something I mentioned to Michelle a while back, which was um, I'm not an attorney, but I play one on the bike and pay your money show. So we will not be giving legal and we will not be, um, but I think you can, and, and for those who are, are uh, younger in our audience may not be familiar with the that phrasing or where that comes from it's an old show from what was that the 70s or way back tv show from where that came from but but anyway today is kind of about playing the role of a a capital provider like if i'm a banker i'm a lender we'll talk a little bit almost from that perspective on you know how the different ways that you might get funded in your buy here pay here operation and so i think um the the thing to really bring forward michelle is that i think what we cover today is really for dealers at all different stages of their business, even if they're brand spanking new. I mean, just opened yesterday and we've talked to a handful of dealers in the last month that are licensed. I mean, they're like stepping out of management at another place and they got their license and they don't uh-huh. have any capital to operate on and have a strong interest in buy here payers. So we'll just talk about that. I and mean, we'll just operate like, you know, at regardless of, um, you know, what, level your business is i see adam cooper's in from ohio i didn't know you were in ohio when i saw your post adam so i'm glad you're here adam was one of the ones who asked about lines of credit so you know we'll talk about this as a way it's just gonna it's gonna relate to you and it's gonna relate to a lot of other folks that are that are um you know capitalizing various stages of their business and often we talk about it in terms of buckets of money there are lots of different buckets of money different providers out there not all of them are lenders some are capital providers or funders, as I sometimes call them. It's kind of important to understand the difference. So I'll um, I'll first explain that we don't want to. Uh, I don't want to rule out or kind of dismiss the idea that sometimes we're funding our operation from, you know, our own personal funds, our own personal capital, and then maybe friends and family. so if friends and family are in the picture, mm-hmm. then that can make sense. And we have really developed over the years, some structural things that we think are so important that when you're introducing capital in your business, whether it's yours, your uncle Joe, or local bank, we think it's really important when you bring capital into buy here, pay here, that you, you really have some discipline around the structure and that way you know, whether it's your money or uncle Joe's money, it's, it's, it's done in a way that mitigates risk. And so that's certainly something we would be recommending no matter what stage of your business you make sure that you, you know, keep some healthy uh, ratios in place. And, uh, and that makes sure that, uh, you know, everybody can enjoy their experience in the buy here, pay your business. So I think uh, first one I can tackle, Michelle, is floor plans. We, we get asked a lot about floor plans. We talked to a dealer this week that is also, you know, looking at floor plans. And of course, floor plans are readily available. There are some big providers uh, that do provide floor plan financing for lots of independent dealers, franchise dealers. If you're a car dealer, you probably can get 
uh, floor plan financing. And there are two major players, and then there's an, a bunch of them at the next level. And I would just say that for buy here, pay here, we really caution dealers about using floor plans. Uh, just part of our strategy typically is that we have to be careful about that because we, it really puts a lot of sure on our whole process whenever we fund a deal or we deliver a deal, I should say, that is on your floor plan and it goes out on a buy here, pay here note, then, you know, the floor plan provider expects us to pay that in cash within a short time period. It's sometimes, you know, 48 hours, I mean, I can't you know, vary by provider, but within a very short time period, you're going to need to have the cash to pay that off. So we, you know, we just got to be careful if we're going to use floor plans. So floor plan, for those who are not familiar, that would just be like a line of credit that is tied to inventory only. And it can be expensive. The the cost money, like the APR, the interest rate associated with it is typically, you know, market price competitive. It's the fees that are going to, um, you know, add up or, or really, you know, build on the cost. And so it's just important for anybody who's contemplating a floor plan to ask about those fees. There's a typically a curtailment requirement in there too. So for those not familiar, curtailment would be some sort of required payment toward the loan balance is, is the best way to explain it. And so that might be 5% every 30 days, or, you know, it might be 60 days. It's going to vary again by the provider, but you know, that one's not really a cost that that's more, that's a cash impact, but it's really your own money. You're paying down your own obligation. So, you know, in that way, it's not an expense, but it's, um, it's cash. So we got to be aware of that. And, you know, we, we need to recognize the impact of cash when we on cash, when we, uh, you know, step into that sort of situations. So, um, am I forgetting anything about that, Michelle, before I move on to the others? No, I don't. I just, I just, one thing I was thinking about, um, and I think with all, uh, all forms of money, whether it be a floor plan or, um, you know, payment streaming, uh, lines of credit, whatever, um, is to really, I just would, I would really encourage, uh, dealers out there to, to understand all the hidden costs because like you just said it's that a lot of a lot of um a lot of capital is it's not cheap and Mm -hmm. so just really be aware i mean uh walk into it with eyes wide open yeah and there are some other kind of administrative hassles associated with floor plans so you know obviously the floor plan company is going to hold your title so when you pay it off you got to go you know, recapture your title, yeah. but there's also audit requirements, which, you know, yeah. they're always working to try to make those audits more streamlined, but in reality, you know, floor plans are costly because there's a high rate of fraud. I mean, over the years, dealers have, there've been many dealers who have, you know, mishandled titles, mishandled, mishandled money and in inventory. And as a result, you know, those people who are providing floor plan financing are doing it at some risk. And so uh, it's important to just understand that's part of why those fees are there. And at the end of the day, the collateral is on wheels, right? So it can, it can move around pretty freely. And yeah. so that's part of the, the challenge there. And so it's why, you know, it's, it's, it's readily available, but it is, is pricey for a reason. So again, you can reach out if we can answer questions about floor plans, but we like to see our dealers fund their inventory with their own cash whenever possible or use some alternate source uh, you know, to whenever that's available, but that's not always, you know, possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, payment streams. 
So a payment stream, sometimes called a PIP program, um, there, there are a few different names that I've seen over the years, but generally speaking, you're talking about a, uh, a an advance, almost like a factor against a portion of payments. So those typically, what I see most common is a term of about six, nine, and 12 month stream advance. So in, in the simplest form, for those not familiar, and I'm just going to pick some numbers here. They're typically in the range of 80% advance. Uh, it varies based on the, the term. So, you know, a nine-month advance might be a little different percentage than a six-month advance. But if we use a six-month advance and we say that the, the payment stream company is going to provide an 80% advance. So here's how that would work. If a, if a customer's payment to you is $400 a month, they're going to multiply that times six. That's the number of payments that they're going to advance against. And then they're going to advance 80% of that number. Then they're going to have the payments from the customer go directly to them for that period of time. So for six months, your payments are typically going to go straight to the payment stream provider. And so you're going to, you're going to kind of temporarily lose that relationship with the customer. The payments are supposed to go straight to the provider. And, uh, and again, this can vary by program. So we're talking about here, you're going to have to ask the provider directly about this particulars of their particular program, but I'm just trying to give you a general structure of, of these programs. So, but, so you might think, okay, an 80% advance. So I'm going to get 80% of the six months worth of payments. And you'll say, okay, so I'm paying around 20% for the money. Well, that's not really math works. You're paying 20%. But so in this case, let's, let's simplify it. Let's say it's a, hundred dollars worth of payments. And so you're getting $80 against the hundred. Well, that means you're paying $20 effectively for use of that money, but your, your, the money that you're on is the 80. So you're really paying $20 to get your $80, which is what 25%, but that's over six months. So you're effectively paying around 50%. Again, you can't hold me to these numbers. This is just math. We can't, this is not anything to be debated. You, you look at the percentages and this is how uh, you can ask your CPA. This is how this kind of thing is calculated. So it's effectively, you know, costing that rate of money. So, so why? Well, it's perceived again to be high risk. Your, the qualification level is low. Your eligibility is high. Um, most dealers do qualify. So it's not based on financial qualifications of the consumer. Is typically not based too much on the financial qualifications of the dealer. It just got to be a legal contract and, you know, there are going to be certain requirements there, but the point is that the, the barrier is pretty low. Your access to that kind of capital is low. It just happens to be one of the more expensive buckets of money. And listen, we, we know these providers, right, Michelle? I mean, we know the folks yeah. who do this. And um, so I'm not, I'm not picking on anybody. I'm just trying to make sure our dealer friends understand this is, how those programs work. And, you know, we're, we're ultimately trying to make sure dealers are making smart choices. There are lots of options out there. So when you go to the menu, it's just important that you understand in order to have a good experience, it's important for you to ask the right questions about how these programs work. Now I can tell you within the payment stream uh, band of the dealers or the people that we provide or that we're aware of as providers, there are some that require that they collect and there are some that um, have the dealer collect. Uh, so, but qualifications on those may vary, you know, in order to qualify, um, you know, for the one where the dealer collects, and there's probably going to be some, some level of, you know, financial eligibility. 
in order for mm -hmm. the dealer to be permitted to collect the payments themselves. So am I forgetting anything about that, Michelle? Not that I can think of on that. Um, yeah, so like, just, uh, Amanda has like given me a, a huge, uh, well, for my comment, um, uh, understanding fees outside of interest expense, including financial statement reporting requirements, audits, wow. admin work. She, she is like, and, and we need to get her on to kind of talk about uh, one of these days, talk about the, uh, the fees associated with money. We will. We're going to have yeah. we're going to have a cost of capital session. We decided to do that as a uh, tote the note podcast, kind of long form. Yeah. So yeah, we'll get that scheduled, and we definitely want to talk about that so the dealers can make sure they understand they calculated in all costs. But yeah, for me, the headache factor is you know we shouldn't ignore that. Like just the administrative hassles associated with some of this are can be a real thing, and and some of those things that Amanda mentioned, which I hadn't even thought about, I see in the comments there, which she talked about, you know, financials. Uh, statements and reporting requirements, that's additional cost that you might also associate with the cost of money. If, if the, if the exactly. lender or the funding provider is making you produce that, then obviously that's a cost to you. And uh, so it's, it's a cost associated with having access to those funds. So, so that's next? it about payment streams. I'm sure um, I've left some things out, but uh, you'll, again, you'll need to ask your provider the questions. Do you collect or do I collect? And, uh, you know, how does the streaming work? And then also, one of the things to also understand is how does default look? Ask that question. If, if the customer quits paying, you know, make sure you go through that scenario with them. And you, then know, the you know, a, a lot of us, uh, we're, <laughs> I have a brother, um, <laughs> squirrel, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, my older brother, I just love him to pieces. He, um, his brain works very differently than, than mine where he wants to understand all of the all of the details of instructions and contracts and so he's someone that will sit with a contract and will not sign anything until he has read every word of that contract and asked the questions now he is a state farm agent so you know it's probably good that he he really understands that stuff like that but most of us don't yeah and, and, you know, it's how many of us have ever been hit with when something that we think just went sideways with our relationship with some, with some business, you know, a B2B, uh, whatever, that when, when it goes sideways, that we all of a sudden think that the, that the, um, the, the person that we're under a, an, an agreement with has done something wrong, but when you actually read the contract, no, they, they did exactly what they said they were going to do. So read your contracts, yeah, understand sure. them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and you can ask and. a question on Facebook and <laughs> uh, these Facebook groups of people who have actually dealt with the provider before you step into an agreement, uh, because, you know, it's, it's um, I, all things being equal, the same thing we would say to our customers and buy here, pay here. All, anytime there's a, a dispute, we're going to go by what the contract says. You know, so we should expect Absolutely. that's going to be, you know, what's going to happen with this uh, funding provider. So it's important regardless of what they or what the, you know, the salesperson may say, God love them. They, we, we need to look at what the contract says and uh, make sure that we're familiar with how that works in the event of default. So again, that's part of that. Um, I can tell we're, we're at the 23 minute mark already, Michelle, and I've got several to cover here. Oh, so we can, we we might can do more to, on Monday. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We might need yeah. to finish this up at a <laughs> later time. I'll kind of give the high level uh, points at least on these other programs that that are coming to mind for me and one is going to be point of sale which is you know it's not really buy here pay here that's kind of what some would call buy here pay there 
you know, where you, you have some funding provider, or in this case, it's like an indirect lender. Um, but, you know, we have to be careful about the terminology here about lending versus funding provider. It really, these aren't lenders. They're acquiring your paper. Okay, so that's not a lender. They're acquiring the paper from you at, at a point of sale. Now, there's some of them out there that will acquire the paper and give you some, I'm going to call it participation. They'll give you a participation in the portfolio. If the portfolio does well, you'll, you'll have earnings on the back end. I mean, you would be entitled to earnings anyway, but, you know, I'm just saying if the portfolio performs well, you'd have more that you would collect on the back end. So there are those kind of programs out there as well that can make sense. And I, and I do think it's possible, by the way, to mix that with traditional buy here, payer. You just got to be really thoughtful, you know, and careful about the way you do that. But it can be done. So just that that comes up sometimes. And then the other would be bulk sales, bulk buyers. You know, so these are folks who are going to acquire the paper from you and they're going to own it. It's going to be on their balance sheet. They're going to collect the paper. So they're going to advance you. And it's very competitive. There are a number of them out there. So, you know, you can get bids from multiple buyers, uh, typically when a very short time period. And so, again, there's, there's quite a bit of opportunity for that. The question becomes for you and the business strategy is, is that really where you need to be? If you have to have the cash, you have to have the cash. That's just, there's no two ways around that part. But if, if you have to really make the judgment, is it, is it right for me to discount this contract and give up all that finance income if I can collect it myself. I've, I've worked with a lot of these providers over the years and I've had them tell me, you know, actually everybody sells eventually. Well, that's not been my experience. Like we work with a number of dealers who are well-established who've never sold a contract. So some of them are listening this morning. Like, you you know, there, there definitely is a percentage of the dealer base out there that owns and services their own paper. And, mm-hmm. and obviously they enjoy the interest income associated with that. So, you know, why would the bulk buyers be out there and so plentiful? Because they know they can obviously acquire this paper and earn the high interest that is, you know, attractive in subprime market. So, so that's why they're buying. And so we, we just have to, it's a business decision for us. We have to make a judgment. What's best for our business? Can we afford to keep the paper and service ourselves? Does that make sense? Like all these things, and we haven't talked about this part, Michelle, but these are all part of a business strategy, part of a business plan. That's why it's important to understand all these different buckets. The bucket that works for you today might not be the same bucket you want to use next year, you know? And yeah. so it's important for people to understand all of the different products that are available. And, you know, that's why all of these providers, we, we maintain a relationship with all of them because at various stages of, you know, when we meet dealers at various stages, they have different needs for, funding. And um, so we, we like to be familiar with all the program. And by the way, if, if you're listening this morning or at some point you record a podcast and you're, you're under that we've not met, reach out. I would love to know about your solutions because we, again, we're talking to dealers all the time mm-hmm. who are shopping for funding and we work a lot with business planning with dealers. And so we, we like to help them create the business plan that is right for them. And that means, you know, having all of these different buckets, uh, you know, available to, to know how how to do, um, you know, what we got to do here. But uh, there's some other funding programs out there that, you know, would not be a loan, not a line of credit, um, but they're, I'm going to just call them creative funding programs. So mm-hmm. there are, there are things to understand about some of those. And, uh, you know, that's a fairly short list of providers that have some kind of creative ways to provide a partial advance and, 
And, you know, it's kind of a hybrid of these different things that we're referring to now, but just know there are other funding programs in the marketplace of things that you could take maybe a larger advance. You might have greater recourse or, uh, you know, risk anytime you're getting a larger advance and you're expected to own the in the long run, then, you know, you're obviously on the hook more when you've taken the larger advance up front. So just things to look at in terms of ways to fund that. And then lines of credit, a traditional line of credit. So by definition, in my, my, my own experience, and I've had lines of credit. So it's like if you, in the traditional definition of credit, there would be assets pledged on the line of credit. So typically in our line of work, that's going to be these um, receivables. So the contracts are out there as assets on our balance sheet. Those might be in our dealership or they might ultimately belong to the finance company. But they're, if it's a line of credit, then the borrower as the dealer. And so we're going to have a, an associated liability with that that's going to show up as a line item on the, the balance sheet. So, so that would be my definition of a line of credit. It's, it's typically credit, just like you would get at a bank. It's just that in this case, it's, it's um, receivables backed. Traditional yeah. line of credit for subprime. And so we yeah. know there are banks out there. There are local banks that do that. We've been in lots of meetings over the years um, with banks, um, investors who are looking at the space. And, um, and we're able to help by the business planning um, to help um, the dealer and the lender come together by both understanding kind of the structure and how we can mitigate risk in the, in the deal and, and help it make sense for both parties. And mm -hmm. I would just say on that, if is we're, you know, if I'm going to be your banker and I'm looking at your portfolio with as this course is kind of understanding of buy here, pay here, some lenders would look at you, look at you and would look at your financial net worth. They might look at your real estate or hard assets. They might look at the, value of what I call the sub collateral, which is the cars themselves. What, what age class and mileage of cars are you, are you putting in this line of credit? If I were your lender, I would be looking at what is the history of the portfolio? If it's a, you know, $13 million portfolio, show me your cash flow history of the last 12 months. I want to see at what rate it produces cash because with my experience, if I were your lender, I would be loaning you based on the predictability of the cash stream, not the, not the assets, because we all understand this is phantom profit. This is, you know, quote unquote, phantom paper in our business. So just because you tell me you have a $10 million portfolio would be to me as your lender, but you know, I'm not your lender. So you might easily be able to go in and get a 65% advance against your $10 million portfolio, even if it's not performing well. Yeah. And this is, this is actually one of the things that Jim, uh, you know, when you say I'm not an accountant, I am not, uh, uh, you know, an attorney. Um, this is actually, um, this is actually one of the things that there we've had clients, um, smattered to the past that, that Jim's actually sat down with the banking, um, with the bank, the lender and, and, all right. So help, let me help you understand what it is that this is. And right. so, yeah, you've um, had that opportunity before. And, you know, I, that there are, there are uh, lines of credit that are within the buyer payer space. Um, but there's a lot of banks out there that if you have a great relationship that you can approach them and your, your cost of money, a lot of times 
will be um, less expensive. Yeah. So we've talked to a couple of dealers in recent, and we'll wrap up here shortly, but um, we've talked to a couple of dealers recently, and I could just imagine if I were to to represent one of these dealers as, you know, a consultant advisor and be a liaison helping create their business plan, that we might meet with five banks. And with three of those five banks, we'll be lucky to get a ballpoint pen on the way out the door. They won't be able to get rid of us fast enough. You know, it's like, that's just not their space. They don't do that kind of lending. And then with the other two, they might have bad past experience with this type of financing with receivables. And so their, their willingness to say yes to my, in my mind has everything to do with the quality of your documentation and the history so, so a lot of this ties back to your financials. It ties back to your DMS and the records that you can produce. But if, if I help this dealer, I would, we would have a nice clean bundle of history that shows here's what you're really lending against is the predictable, mm-hmm. predictable cash stream. And so that's what we sometimes have to help lenders get comfortable because there is a fear factor and they can easily see, yeah, you're only asking for a 50% advance on a $3 million portfolio. That's easy to understand. That's easy for me to help my underwriters understand. What what I need to see is how does it get repaid? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Amanda's like history of portfolio. Uh, it yeah. ties to another potential topic. We and we talk about data all the time, um, and and it's it it's a pretty popular subject because it's it's something that. Uh, that is so important outside of just the walls of your, your dealership. It's important inside the walls of your dealership, but it's important with, um, with your funding and, and all sorts of different pieces that of, of your dealership. So understanding your data and, you know, going to a bank and just printing off a couple of different things from your DMS is probably not going to, really excite them very much. Right. Um, they're going to want to see how it works and, and, and really get an idea for, for that history and, um, and how all of the different pieces come together and, and um, be prepared to, to do a little bit of educating um, on, you know, if, if they're not familiar with the space, do a little yeah. bit of educating on, on some of the stats and, and yeah. things like that. And again, good news for most of us is that I won't be your lender. So <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so so you have to answer their questions, but I'm just telling you, if, if I were the lender or underwriter, my questions of you would not be on the book value of the car. My questions of you would be, show me the last six months of bank statements. I need to see the cash history of this portfolio. And so this is where, you know, the DMS becomes important. What can you show me in terms of these reports and, uh, and does it tie then to your bank account? Yeah. And so now this is where, because again, I'm looking at predictability. We know that with lines of credit, uh, the true typical use of a line of credit is you're going to draw it up, you're going to pay it down, draw it up and pay it down. You know, that's what they, that's what lenders like to see in a, in a line of credit. Now this has been my experience. Others may see it differently, but, um, but I just would say that's part of what's happening here. So we need to be able to show, do you have the cash flow history? Does it support repayment of the amount that you're asking to bar. And so that's kind of, well, that's where we'd start to have just some history. We haven't talked a lot about this here and we'll talk about it again on a future broadcast, but it's like the history matters when we're brand new. This is part of the reason also that these uh, streaming companies are going to charge what they charge because there's no real history yet. You're, you're fairly new. And so they're, they're taking a, a bit more risk 
uh, because you don't have as much to go on there. So, so anyway, I think that's probably a good place to wrap up, Michelle. I hope uh, our listeners uh, you know, got some value out of that. And again, I'm not a lender. I just <laughs> on the morning show and I'm just sharing my own perspective on how this thing works. And I'm a former dealer. So uh-huh. we're talking mostly as a former dealer sharing the perspective on this. And we, we really want dealers to find the product that's right for them. Yeah. So there's a lot of providers out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Great. I, 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 uh, I learned something new every time we talk about this kind of stuff. I really, really appreciate it as I, as I continue to wrap my, my head around that. And I, I love listening to the conversations that you have with different dealers about this. Cause like, Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, um, sure. Great, great information. Um, uh, we should probably wrap up. We're a yeah. little bit, a little bit lo- longer than we typically are. I mean, we don't have a hard stop, hard, hard. Uh, we do have a hard start, just not a hard stop. Right. Thank you so much to everybody for, for listening in and shouting out where you're at. Really appreciate the, um, the comments as well. Um, Again, uh, I hope all of our friends in the Carolinas have battened down the hatches and that they're just nicely riding out the storm with a nice cup of coffee and their computer because they still have, you know, power and all of that and listening to the morning show. Absolutely. So tune in um, Monday and we've got uh, Richard Hudson from Ignite talking about the uh, safeguards rules. So again, everybody have a good weekend. We'll talk again soon. All right. Have a great